0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC.
1: Randy Rainwater. <laughs> Nobody pray
0: for me. Live from the Hogs Meat Market studios, this yeah. is yeah. Out of Bounds I'm with sure. Wes Moore I'm and Joe Franklin on 1037 The Buzz. Parmesan, with
1: my accountant I am down in this? You say with my boobay taste like too late for the
0: You know, really through
2: 30, 35 minutes of play, um, you know, that game was, was, was there for either team. Uh, They, they made some threes, you know, down the stretch. We turned the ball over and didn't get a shot on goal. Uh, really the difference of the game. Very few possessions, you know, can turn a close game, and that's really what happened because, again, I've watched that thing uh, multiple, multiple times, and probably our best defensive effort, to be honest with you, of of the whole year. thought we did a really good job controlling tempo against, uh, you know, the number one offensive team in the nation. And I thought our crowd had an impact too. I thought, you know, when you play in a, a full
3: building like that, Uh, That's worth some points as well. Coach Musselman last night on the Coach's Show. You could have heard it last night right here on the Buzz. Listened to a little bit of it on my dinner break last night. Freaky Joe Friday, Westmore. Freaky Joe Franklin. You know, one of the things, Joe, that I was impressed with that he kept talking about last night was college game day and how much of an impact and how big he thought that was. For them to be there how it was just a a commercial for the university of arkansas for the basketball program and then he went on to talk about how many text messages and emails that he had from people he hadn't talked to in years and then of course all the recruits he just thought that was so valuable I guess I kind of got lost up in all that. I'm not a college game day guy. I I don't watch it very often during the football season, and I certainly don't watch it during the basketball season. I had all intentions to watch it Saturday morning, but I got up and cooked a a big breakfast for the family, and I was cleaning up, and I looked up, and I was like, I missed it. It's over. And so I, I got on Twitter and tried to look at some of the highlights and some of the reaction, but... It was it was a big deal, and they said the fans, the students were awesome for it. The uh, and Coach Musselman knows some of the people on the crew, and he said, and they're they're close enough. They'll they'll shoot me straight. They'll tell me you know what they truly feel. And he said that they were very happy and and, and uh, pleased
4: with the way it turned out in Fayetteville. College Game Day is all about the atmosphere, and that's why they were there to begin with. Now, how the season had gone so far. They probably didn't expect to get a good game like they ended up getting, so that was kind of a bonus for them. For Arkansas, they they didn't win the game, but they played a lot better. But to start it off with College Game Day being there, they were there in a sense because they wanted to be about the atmosphere and what Bud Walton Arena brings to you, and they definitely delivered on all of that. I was thinking on the uh, way
3: over here this morning, kind of my – Feelings for the rest of the season, my expectations, my hopes, and they've been lowered. Uh, they've almost just dropped. You know, first of all, it's eleven o'clock game against Missouri. On one hand, I'm glad it's early. Got the uh, guadi Buick GMC, guadi Chevrolet post game show early, get it over with and done, and have the rest of the afternoon and night. Um, but my expectations are so low right now. I, I'm, I'm going into every game hoping they don't get embarrassed. That's where I am now. After the start they had in the SEC, all those blowout losses, all the embarrassing losses, I almost felt like, you know, they don't want moral victories and nobody wants to hear that, but I was like, all right, they played better against Kentucky. They didn't get blown out. They had a chance to win it late in the game. That's a step in the right direction. So now they're going out on the road for Missouri, and I'm just like, you know, let's just, I hope they just go out there and hang close and put up a good performance. I'm curious what everybody now, what the, the fans reaction to this team where they are at one and six, a hole that's so deep that it's almost impossible to, to dig them get themselves out of that hole. What are your hopes now? Is it is it solely the SEC tournament going there and, and getting
4: that magical run like they did in two thousand <laughs> is that it now? Is that all we're left with? Well, for that to happen, you have to have some type of momentum where you're playing better, and I'm not necessarily big on momentum where it's like, you know, you can turn it on, turn it off type deal, but you do have to be playing better in a sense. We see that teams that go into the SEC tournament, if they go on to win, you can see flashes, you can see signs at the end of the season that maybe they had a a two-game win streak to end the season and they were playing better ball. But it's not that you can just play the way that they played and get to the end of the season and then expect to show up at the S C tournament and turn it on because we haven't seen that they're able to turn it on.
3: No, there have been no signs of this team turning it around so far. Uh, I can think back to, was it Texas A&M last year? You know, they... they They were a disappointment in the SEC. Maybe it was two years ago. They got off to a terrible start, and then they put it together, and at the end of the year, you didn't want to play them, and you didn't want to play them in the SEC tournament, and they made a run in the tournament. I think they made it to the finals, and many people thought that's enough. They'll squeak in and get into the NCAA tournament just for making the finals. They did not. But that was one of the teams that we're kind of talking about. You got to start building a little momentum to where you are a dangerous team. You are playing well when you get to the SEC tournament so that you can go on a run. Very rarely do you see a team that's been struggling and then just like that, the switch turns on and they start playing good basketball and they're capable
4: of winning four games. Well, we can talk to Coach Z when we talk to him later in the show, but to see his thoughts on How this team stacks up against Missouri and how Missouri has been playing this season. And maybe the type of environment that you get playing at Missouri. He's somebody that's been on both sides of it, where he's coached at Missouri. He's coached at Arkansas. And um, we can see what what type of feel there is whenever the Razorbacks go on the road to play against Missouri. Because it has become a bit of a rivalry on the basketball court. Most people want to stay away from that in football. But basketball, it's really hard to deny. Six six one one zero three seven. So, what are
3: your expectations? What are you thinking going into this weekend against Missouri? Then next, or not this weekend? I guess tomorrow. Then Friday against the LSU Tigers, the other
4: Tigers on the road. What what, what kind of expectations do you have now? Probably uh, the expectations are are really low. But you know, when you think about what could possibly happen, if they're able to come out of that with a split, then that's a win. That's a win for them because. You're talking about two road games and you know, forget who the opponent is when you're talking about Missouri and LSU. But you you wanna be you wanna be able to to play a little better, coach better, do everything better to put this team on the right track. And then you kinda think about would it be better to win this first game if you're gonna get a split, or would it be better to win the second game, because now you come you, you win that second game and you return home and maybe you do have a little something going on that you can go off the last game going into the next few games when you get back home. That's where we are. where You're hoping
3: to get a split over a very poor Missouri team. I'll, I'll say a surprising LSU team that's surpassed some expectations. They're better than people thought they were going to be. But the hope is to get a split. If this team was playing at all to where we thought they were going to be this was a week where you go 2-0 and get a couple of road victories and make a run in the sec but the expectations are so low right now you're just hoping to win
4: a game win one how far have they fallen <laughs> yeah and they they need to stack some victories because that's how many they won so far they've only won one and they've looked really bad at times. They looked a little bit better in this last game against Kentucky so is that something that can work for them where they say you know, it's looked really bad but these are some things that we were a lot better at in this last game is that something we can build upon and maybe start to get some wins We had a comment
3: yesterday on the Southern Structural Solutions text line that I never got to but basically it was saying Kentucky played like crap Saturday's game was fool's gold. That Arkansas defensively wasn't as good as we thought they were, that we were uh, basically just trying to find something positive, and the positive being they held Kentucky to so few points, but it was really Kentucky's fault. Do you buy that? Did you Do you think Kentucky played bad shot poorly offensively, or did Arkansas step
4: up their D? They They did. Yeah, Kentucky did play bad. So when you look at it from that standpoint, Kentucky played probably one of their worst games of the season, mm-hmm. and they still were able to put it together to come away with a win. So you can look at that on both sides of it, where you can say that Arkansas, maybe they did play some better defense, but Kentucky is that much better where they were able to play a bad game and come away with a win. I think without a doubt Arkansas played better
3: defensively. And one of the things that you can look at to, to feel good about it is rebounding. Uh, that's part of playing defense. It's not just getting them to miss the shot. Completing the possession is getting the defensive rebound. And Arkansas has failed at that in games past. This showed how active they were on the defensive end. They were playing defense. They were getting. I saw Caleb Battle get down in a defensive stance, move his feet, and cut off his defender, keep him going from the goal. I haven't seen Caleb Battle do that many times. He was committed to playing defense, and that's really one of the reasons. I know they were shorthanded at the guard position, but that is one of the reasons Caleb Battle got as much run as he did Saturdays because he was out there hustling, playing defense, doing a good job, keeping his man out of the paint, and that was just that's just one example. I do think their defense was better now. When Kentucky started one for 13, they missed some shots. They missed some some shots close to the rim. And maybe Arkansas size and having Mitchell in there, maybe that affected it a little bit. Uh, maybe it was the crowd. They're a younger team. They didn't do well against South Carolina on the road. They didn't play well against Arkansas on the road. So maybe that part of it is Kentucky. But I do give Arkansas some credit. That was much better defense than I've seen in games past when they were giving up more points to the team than that other team
4: has scored all season long in SEC play couple of comments on the Southern structural solutions text line JK says that muss is not a magician maybe the mojo that worked in the past obviously not working this season we've called him a
3: magician in the past I mean how many times have they been in this similar position now it's worse this year but there were years past it was like this isn't working I remember taking calls. He failed in the portal. Portal's not going to work this time. You go with the portal, you, you don't know how it's going to affect your chemistry. We heard it year after year after year, and we did. We called him a magician. He, he this He's a good coach, a very good coach. He was able to turn things around. This year, as of right now, it doesn't look like it's happening. Makeup of the team, maybe something inside the team. I don't know what it is, but it hasn't worked so
0: far.
4: We still don't know the situation with Devo. One of the returning players that uh, every year whenever coach Musk flips the roster there are a couple of players that hang around and those are some of the guys that can show the the next group of guys what it takes to be a part of this team and the type of work you need to put in on the team and Devo was one of those guys and we still don't know what's going on with him and what that entire situation entails another comment here Kentucky was one for 17 at one point in the first half so They're saying it was more about Kentucky and just shooting the ball badly.
3: Sometimes you miss because you're under pressure and you got a hand in your face and you take a difficult shot. Now, we're all 17. I don't know if it was one for 17. I'll take your word for it. I wrote down one for 13 on my uh, sheet here to start the game. Some of them were shots Kentucky should make. Some of them were four shots. Some of them were bad shots. Some of them, uh, Arkansas affected the shots. uh, Kentucky didn't miss 16 open shots. 16 shots that they should make. I'm going to give Arkansas a little bit of credit. You you mentioned uh, Devo not being there. You know, another guy, you think back to the SEC preseason awards and SEC um, meetings. Who were the representatives for Arkansas?
4: It was Devo and, was it Trevin Brazil? Trevin Brazil. Those two, yeah. The two guys they thought they were going to be able to count on. And and two returning guys to the roster. And so that made sense in the fact that if you have a a roster full of new players, you bring in the guys Mm -hmm. that are returning to the roster. Yeah, because at that point, you don't know what you got. You're not sure.
3: You don't know who. I remember, I didn't know Tremont Mark was going to be the guy for them. Honestly, I thought it was going to be Caleb Battle or L. Ellis. And here comes Tremont Mark out of the blue, and he's the guy. I mean, he it, you saw that Saturday because he struggled shooting, and they needed him. He is the guy. You go back now, you would think, take Tremont Mark to
4: the SEC media days. Well, most coming into the season thought it was going to be Trevin Brazil, even though he oh, was yeah. coming back from yeah. major injury. And even go back to last season when Arkansas struggled at times, what was put out there by Coach Muss and the, and the coaching staff It was that they were dealing with some major injuries and the roster was built and the game plan and the philosophy was built around a couple of players that were dealing with injuries. Trevin Brazil was one of them. You remember uh, during some of the uh, practices
3: we heard from Coach Moss and they were putting in these sets for Trevin Brazil and they had studied the NBA game and one of them was uh, uh, Yontas. The, uh, they were they were kind of looking at the Milwaukee Bucks and what they do with him and how they could implement that into their offense. It seems like a <laughs> long time ago, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> Let's go to the phone lines. Let's bring in Stan. Stan starts us off today. Stan, welcome in
4: to out
5: yes, of sir. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show there, Wes.
4: Thanks, man.
6: How you doing, freaking Joe?
4: Man, doing great, Stan. I'm
6: going to say it till I turn blue in the face. <laughs> and y'all look at me funny All y'all want to. Hey, the man is a good coach. He ain't no Nolan Richardson. He ain't going to never win no national championship up there in Fed. So, hey, can't no, ain't no not nah, going to ever win
5: a national championship in basketball up there. Nobody. He ain't going to win. Nobody going to never win a championship Nolan Richards. And y'all look at to fun all y'all want to. So y'all have a good
3: day. Great call, Stan. Thanks. No, he's not Nolan. How many Nolans are out there? Five? One. One. Well, one. I mean, one, one Nolan. That's, that's yes. it. But how many coaches out there have won national championships? There are not many yeah, out there. just a
4: few that are, that are still hanging it's around. Very hard to do. Right. And so but, but just even the whole deal about the coaching style, the play, the philosophy... All that's changed over the years, and, and it has evolved into what is now college basketball. So even the style that they played then that was a winning style, it probably wouldn't work in today's game.
3: Now, guards are so good, and you have multiple guards. Teams have gone small. So a lot of times you have a couple of guys that can handle the ball on the court at all times. So, uh, And another thing, and I think this theory holds water. All the timeouts now. The media timeouts for stoppage of play. It's harder to wear down a team like it was back then in the 90s. They're getting these built in breaks every four minutes. You got your own set of timeouts to call and give the guy a break. It's just, it's a different game. It's a different era. That style of basketball is hard to duplicate. I mean, we've seen some others try to imitate it. And they've had limited amount of success. Shaka Smart, you know, he gets after you, tries to press and get up and down the court and make it, you know, a 40-minute game of just up and down the court and pressing and trapping, and it's hard to do. It's just, in this day and age, it's hard to do. Look, coaches, they copy each other. They
4: copy what's working. If it was working, don't you think there would be more doing it right now? Absolutely. Yeah, and that that is, you know, with the change in today's game what the most previous or most recent deal has worked, that's what people are going to try to replicate. If, if you have a couple of bigs that you're able to feed the ball to down low and they can step out and shoot the three, that's what everybody's aiming for. But how many players do you have like that? Now, you have more in today's game than you did, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago because that's the style they play. But still, those guys are few and far between. Where you can find quality big men who can play inside, but then they can step out and shoot the three. Because most of these guys, even though they're bigs, they want to play like guards as bigs. Alabama. I mean, they copied the Golden State Warriors. I mean, that's what they want to do.
3: They want to spread you out. They're going to run. They're going to get a layup. Or they're going to kick it out to a, for a wide open three. That's the two shots they want. Well, three, they want to get to the free throw line. That's the popular style right now. That's what things that's what teams are trying to imitate. And Coach Moss to a certain extent, that's why you don't see a bunch of guys big guys down low. He's trying to get them outside, open up the paint so that you can drive and don't have a big man standing underneath the goal to block a shot to affect the shot. that's That's basketball these days. it's It's changed a lot. What really is I guess the surprise to me right now. In college basketball, and especially the SEC, is the return of the seven-footer. The big guy that is making an impact down low, blocking shots, getting some you know shots close to the goal. But you look around the SEC, there are a lot of big guys. Teams have big guys, and Arkansas has been playing those big guys. And it's affected Arkansas because they don't have that big guy. Makai Mitchell stepped up a big time in a big way against Kentucky and played like a big guy. Uh, but that's something Arkansas has been sorely missing the first couple of games in the sec
4: yeah Yeah, another comment here speaks about makai mitchell and that he needs to play a little more in games based on the way he played against kentucky because he brings something a, a physical presence to the court that they've been lacking and uh christian also says that it was actually james harden and the rockets that the razorbacks copied that style more so than the warriors no, I was talking about Alabama. I mean, Alabama. Alabama. Alabama yeah, it, he said it was uh, James Harden and the Rockets. But didn't it all start with Golden State? Uh, some of it, yeah. yeah. But I, I think it was refined when you talk about James Harden, somebody who's going to have the ball in his hands the majority of the time, and you the defenses are keying in on that guy, and then he's either able to take the shot himself or get some teammates involved. We're going to talk more
3: Razorback basketball with Coach Zimmerman. He'll be with us at the top of the next hour. Coming up next, Chris Turnage joins us, NFL agent from Little Rock. We'll get his thoughts on what's happening with the NFL playoffs, the Super Bowl. He's down in Fort Worth at the NFL Players Association Bowl. We'll see if anybody's sticking out to him. So Cam Little had a uh, impressive kick. At the East-West Shrine game yesterday at their practice, a 50-yarder that was good from like 60 walked off practice with it, saw that tweet. So we'll get Chris Turnage on here next. Stick around. This is Out of Bounds.
1: Listen for Coach Kevin Kelly Wednesdays during the zone presented by the Little Rock Athletic Club. An all-indoor pickleball facility coming soon to Wood Rock Athletic Club, online at LRAC.com.
0: This is Sports Center.
1: In college basketball last night, Arkansas Pine Bluff beat Grambling 86-70 behind Conway native Kyle Milton's 26 points, 9 rebounds, and 4 assists. Pine Bluff will play again on Saturday when they take on Mississippi Valley State, who is winless on the year at 0-21. Tonight in the SEC, there will be two games. Fifth-ranked Tennessee will host South Carolina, who is a surprising 5-2 in SEC play. Tip for that game is set for 5-30. Coverage will be on SEC Network. The second game will be Mississippi State going on the road to take on Ole Miss at 7-30. That game will be on SEC Network also. Nationally, there is just one ranked matchup. 25th-ranked TCU will host 15th-ranked Texas Tech at 6 on ESPN2. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network.
2: Pickup Truck Accessory Warehouse presents Match Game on Morning Mayhem. Listen for your chance to play their version of the classic TV game show. Brought to you by Pickup Truck Accessory Warehouse, Arkansas's truck accessory headquarters for over 30 years. Call 501-568-0040 today or click online at ArkansasTruck.com.
7: This is the pigskin preacher bringing you the word. To remind us that we're all in this together, listen to the words of German clergyman martin niemuller when hitler attacked the jews i was not a jew therefore i was not concerned when hitler attacked the catholics i was not a catholic therefore i was not concerned and when hitler attacked the unions and industrialists, i was not a member of either group and was not concerned then hitler attacked me and the protestant church and there was nobody left to be concerned Double B's believes that we are all here to help, support, and encourage each other. To make Arkansas a better place, Double B's is an Arkansas company that is here to help Arkansans and everyone else. Double B's. It's where you gas it, grab it, and go.
0: That's Double B's. Hey folks, Trey Johnson here with H.J. Trailer Sales in Hot Springs. Spring is coming and everyone is getting ready to get outside. So if you need your trailer serviced or repaired, let us help you out. Or you may be needing a trailer to get your golf cart to the golf course. Or you need a trailer for work. Or if you just need to buy a new trailer for recreational use. Let us help you at H.J. Trailer Sales with one of the best service departments in the state. Visit us in Hot Springs or check us out on Facebook or at hjtrailersales.com. now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-220-6697. That's 800-220-6697. What do you have to lose? Call 800-220-6697. Again, 800-220-6697. Guys, it's a new year, baby. It's 2024. Low T Center can make it a great one. If you've been feeling tired and grumpy, you've noticed a lack of motivation and drive, you may have low T. Low testosterone levels can cause weight gain, loss of muscle mass, and so much more. I recommend Low T Center. That's where I get my levels tested. They make it quick. They make it easy to get all your levels checked, and it's only 25 bucks. And with their on-site lab, you'll get results back in about 25 minutes. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care check out hogs meat markets monthly specials and meat packages at hogsmeatmarket.com hogs meat market the steak people
3: need new tires sliding around out there having some issues did you notice it during all the snow don't wait for the income tax return to get some new tires at Big O' Tires. Don't wait for Friday for payday. Big O' Tires will take care of you now. They realize that you need tires when you need them. So they have financing options available. And maybe your credit's not as spotless as you want it to be, but they understand that too. They're willing to help. Two great locations, Cabot and Conway. And Conway, they're on Hark Rider and Cabot is Prospect Court right in front of Kroger. Great selection of tires, all the name brand tires, plus they have the Big O' Tire, and they'll work on your vehicle. We've got mechanics on hand ready to take a look at your vehicle. Go see our friends at Big O' Tires. That is the team we trust. Welcome into Out of Bounds, Westmore, Joe Franklin. Glad you're with us. We're going to head straight to the phone lines and bring in Chris Turnage, NFL agent from Little Rock that I just hung up on. Joe, sorry. Two for two. Did it yesterday, did it Today. I see that big red button, and I'm just thinking, red, that's good, right? Red, put him on air. No, red is to drop him. So I drop Chris Turnage. Chris is down in Fort Worth at the NFL Players Association uh, bowl game, or workouts, and checking out some of the top prospects. Some Razorbacks down there. I want to ask him about who's shining. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl and the two uh, championship games. Let's bring him in. Chris Turnage with us. Chris, thank you. How are you?
6: Hey, guys, good. Good. How's it going?
3: Good, except for I hung up on you. But besides that, everything's pretty smooth.
6: You know, Joe, I I got a question before we get started. How much did you have to give Wes NIL to enter the transfer? Um,
4: (laughs) He was was pretty expensive. He wasn't cheap at all. (laughs) But we got it done, Chris. We got it done.
6: Good, good. I like it.
4: Thankfully, it's not performance-based, you know, NIL. (laughs)
3: You you know, you, you just get paid what you get paid. Or I'd be in exactly. a little trouble. Exactly. Would uh, let me start with the uh, the two games this weekend. What were your thoughts? We'll start with the Ravens and Chiefs. What were your thoughts on that game?
6: My first thought, you know, when the line came out as, as Baltimore favored by three and a half, I think it closed at four and a half. But it's like, man, you just you just can't count out the Chiefs to Patrick Mahomes. Um, I know the narrative is there, um, but I thought the Chiefs defense played really, really good, um, containing Lamar Jackson. I, I think. The secret to beat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens is keep him in the pocket, you know, turn him just into a pocket passer and take away some of his mobility. And I thought their defense played really, really well. If you watch their defensive line, every four of them or five of them, depending on which front they were playing, would pursue Lamar Jackson every time he broke the pocket. And uh, you don't always see that. So I thought it was a, it was a really, really good showing uh, by the Chiefs and against a, a really good Ravens defense and a Ravens team.
4: You think Lamar Jackson, and we see this with stars sometimes, they try to do a little bit too much. He wasn't taking what the defense was giving him or what was available to him where he could have taken off running. He was always looking for those deep shots. I think, you know, kind of fell in love with that because he was able to hit Zay Flowers for a touchdown early in the game where he's able to create when the the rush is coming at him. He's avoiding it. He runs around, and now you have receivers running open because of the creativity from the quarterback. And he, he tried too much of that.
6: I agree 100%, Joe. I mean, you look, he threw that one pass in the triple coverage, you know, in the end zone, that deep shot, and just instead of taking some of those five- and ten-yard dump-offs or maybe running for five yards, I, I do agree with that. But he got fell in love a little bit too much with the, with the deep ball and trying to make the big play.
3: Can you explain Baltimore's decision with the number-one run team in the NFL to hand it off to their running backs a total of six times?
6: That really, really baffled me. Um uh, you know, obviously none of their backs are just extremely dynamic. Um, I mean, you got Justice Hill, who is okay, but he's not a, what you consider a feature back. And then you got Gus, who is more of a plotter but has a lot of touchdowns on the year. But at the same time, your point west, the number one rush rushing offense. Um, I, I was really, really astounded by that. I mean, I think that's one way you can try to neutralize some of those Chiefs pass rushers is run right at them. You know, get some yards on the ground, even if it's two, three, four yards. Wears them down, keeps them honest. And so to me, that was a very uh, confounding decision, um, you know, as to why they weren't running the ball more. I, I, I don't know why, and, and I think probably Harbaugh would go back, and if you asked him, he would say, yeah, we definitely should have done that more um, because that was, that was really uh, perplexing to me.
4: What was more costly between the two teams, the Ravens and the turnovers that they had in the second half, where they had a chance to really take control of the game, or the Lions not taking points when they were available?
6: Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, I'd probably go with the Ravens more closely just because, I mean, you're going across the goal line and you fumble, you know. I mean, you're literally about to score, completely change the game. Um, and then, you know, that other, other turnover when you're trying to get back in it. Lions, I mean, it, it was interesting. I was at the East-West Shrine game, and so I'm watching it. They had it on, on a TV there in the hotel, so I'm watching it with some scouts are there, some of the players that are playing. Uh, it was interesting hearing some of the team's reaction on the Lions, you know, when they weren't taking it. Uh, some of the team scouts. uh, But they said, look, he doesn't have a ton of confidence in Badgley. Kicking has kind of been an area of concern for the Lions all year. They've had three different kickers. Um, They had a kicking battle in preseason. You know, you got a 47-yarder if you miss. You're probably kicking yourself and say, why didn't we go for it? We feel really good about the play we had dialed up. Um, I mean, me personally, I go for it. I mean, I I kick the field goal there, especially to tie the game late. Um, But Again, I get the concern, so I I would say the Ravens is a little bit more uh, more costly than that.
3: I know you got Dre Greenlaw. Uh, What were you thinking at half of that game when San Francisco trailed?
6: You know, it was interesting. Obviously, you got Dre, but kind of like the rest of America, I feel like. It would have been a cool story if the Lions made it, you know, so it was kind of like, man, it would be kind of cool. Uh, But I was very surprised to see at half, but then even more surprised to see The 49ers, you know, make that unanswered run, um, you know, in the second half to come back and take the lead. Um, Dre obviously played well, had some big hits. Um, But once San Francisco started coming back, and then I think on that first time when Detroit went four-on-four down and and didn't make it a three-score game, um, I was like, okay, this is probably not going to be good, and that probably comes back to haunt them. And so it was, uh, yeah, it was crazy to see. But the Lions are set up, you know, for the future. And I love what Dan Campbell said. He's like, hey, I own it. We went for it. I would have done it again, and, and so I, I love that mentality, uh, and part of that mentality is the reason, you know, they are where they are in the first place.
4: Between the two rosters, Chiefs and uh, the 49ers, you have more guys that are on the rosters besides Dre uh, two
6: on the Chiefs, Yeah, two on the Chiefs, and then Dre on the 49ers, so three total. Chiefs, obviously, BJ, BJ Thompson from uh, England, Arkansas, went to Baylor, and then Stephen F. Austin uh, got drafted last year, this past draft by the Chiefs in the fifth round. Um, and then there's a guy that he's on injured reserve, so he won't play, but he'll still get a ring if the Chiefs win. Um, uh, they're tied in. But, uh, but, yeah, so I got, I got three total.
3: Is B.J. Thompson playing?
6: You know, he might. Um, it's interesting. You know, when they, when they first made cuts at the end of the year, the GM called me and he said, hey, we're going to keep B.J. He made the 53. It's going to be kind of like a redshirt year for him. He's probably not going to be active much on game day, but he'll be on our 53 all year. And that's been the case, although at the end of the season he played, um, you know, when they were resting some guys week 18. And he actually made some really good plays. And then I don't know if you saw, one of their defensive ends is out. Mm-hmm. He got hurt in the championship game. And so I think it could open up for a chance for them to uh, dress BJ for the Super Bowl. They wow. haven't decided yet, um, but it could be a possibility.
3: That's very, very interesting. I, and we had him on uh, the zone this year, What and he was yeah, a great. Exactly. Hit, well, we had a lot of fun with him. I had forgotten he was on the uh, team, but I didn't realize that – uh, the, the, you think about it, and I saw, yeah, the guy's out. Maybe the, maybe that he gets that chance. That'd be a heck of a story right there. Um, as an agent, do you uh, talk to Dre after uh, the game and say, hey, Dre, you got to go down? you, you, you got to go down.
6: <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'll get with some of those guys sometimes and joke around a little bit, but I try not to get too much into the, in the X's <laughs> and O's. Um, Dre usually doesn't like talking after games um, at all. He's very hard to, to wrangle sometimes uh, on the phone, but... Um, I can tell you, I was definitely screaming at the TV um, to go down on that. Uh, he was uh, back to his old, uh, old safety and running back days. I feel like I uh, would have had the ball in his hands and wanted to showcase a little bit. Uh, but it was, uh, it was, I think, a cry universal through 49ers' nation of, of get down, get down uh, during that time frame.
4: What's the next couple of weeks going to be like for these guys? Of course, now they're having their initial preparations for the Super Bowl, and they'll have some practices this week. But then once they get there – They have to deal with media obligations and then, you know, kind of other things that are going to take their attention away before they put their final preps in during Super Bowl week.
6: Yeah, you know, that's what's interesting is a lot of guys that I've had that played in before, they say, you know, it's unlike any other time in the season. Obviously, number one, you know what you're playing for. But, you know, number one, you've got two weeks to prepare. Then you've got all those media obligations, like you mentioned, Joe. I mean, the media days, it's no joke, you're there for, six, seven, eight hours, you know, almost, and just just answering questions and going from station to station. And you might go to do this radio interview and then you come back and do TV. And there's just so many distractions. It is difficult. Like I said, the players I talked to said, until you get to about Wednesday of Super Bowl week, then it kind of becomes a little more normal, you know, and you're going through your routine. But they said it's very, very difficult um, leading up to that with you're trying to do some preparation and then you've got to mix in all the media, all the travel Getting there early. They're not staying on the strip. Neither team is staying on the strip in Vegas, but you gotta think that adds to the distractions a little bit, just being in and around Vegas itself. Uh so it's and then you know, you got friends and family requesting Super Bowl tickets and trying to do all that stuff while you're trying to prepare. Um it, it's, uh, it can be a handful.
3: NFL agent Chris Turnage with us. Chris, what do you think about the coaching carousel and the, the openings that are left? What what's the word?
6: So the the kind of the big buzz, uh, you know, the East West game is at the Star this year, um, Cowboys practice facility in Frisco, and so you had a whole contingency of Cowboys staff there, obviously. And then, um, interestingly enough, the, the the buzz is you know probably going to lose DC uh, back to Seattle, uh, Coach Quinn. Uh, I'm hearing that's pretty much a done deal. Hmm. Now, everybody was rumoring that they thought Ben Johnson was going to go to the commanders. And obviously you saw today he backed out of both searches. He got interviewed twice by the Seahawks as well. Um, and Ben Johnson backed out. So it's to be interesting to see what else happens with the commanders. They've interviewed um, the Carolina DC twice, Ivarro um, And so he could, he's still in the running there. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Bobby Slowick interviewed there, the offensive of coordinator for the Texans, but I do think you're going to see Dan Quinn uh, take the Seahawks job and uh, try to lead them back to the league in a boom.
4: Chris, the big rumor that's out there is if the Chiefs go on to win the Super Bowl, that Andy Reid could possibly step away. Uh, what are you hearing from that sense? And, uh, you know, Bill Belichick is someone who's out there who it looks like is going to be shut out of this. This uh, coaching carousel this time around, and not and be left without a job. But if that happened with the Chiefs, that's what's out there that he could possibly step in.
6: Yeah, you know that started with Ian Rappaport, and Ian reported that that if Andy Reid retires, that Bill Belichick could step in because uh, ownership, you know, wants experience and all that. But you talk about that's a big, big change, guys. Andy Reid is much more of a players' coach, much more um, friendly personality. Bill Belichick is you know, almost the total opposite of that. And so that would be a pretty big change. Uh, but if you're the Chiefs, you go from one Hall of Famer to another, do you pass that up? Um, I do think Belichick will sit out one year. I think you're going to see him back on the sideline next year. Uh, he absolutely wants the record. Um, and so I think you will see him back. And Pete Carroll, uh, I don't think you'll see him back, but he wanted to still coach. And he tried to make a hard push with the Chargers before they agreed on Harbaugh. Um, so it's interesting you've got Pete Carroll still out there as well that that's wanting to get back in.
4: What do you think of the chances also with a win that Travis Kelsey could possibly step away now there have been rumors about him also and he and his brother Jason Kelsey uh, it, we get to the end of the year every year and it's always a lot of talk about him but how cool would that be if you're able to go out on, on top and he and his brother were able to retire at the same time
6: you know Travis has said to, to his teammates and those around him. He'd love to go in the Hall of Fame with his brother. He thought that would be so special if they could go in the Hall of Fame together. Um, obviously, if he retired this year, that would ensure that. So, uh, I, I didn't believe it at first, but I'm starting to believe that's a, that's a bigger possibility, especially if the Chiefs win. They might see Travis step away and, and uh, retire with his brother and then go in the Hall of Fame together five years from now.
3: Talking with Chris Turnage. Chris, how are the Arkansas guys looking at the East-West Shrine game?
6: Um, you know, so, so they look decent. Um, you had Dwight McLaughlin, um, you know, on defensive, defensive backfield. Um, it was interesting. A couple of the, the teams told me they felt like, um, he didn't interview great. Um, he played pretty well. Uh, you can see his movement skills. You know, he, he's got always a, a big plus for his ball skills, um, his interceptions, and whatnot. So that's a positive. I think he's just going to have to get over kind of the other stuff, uh, to kind of, Get drafted as high as he wants, and then you had Cam um, Little. Cam uh, looked awesome yesterday. Uh, he went, I think, seven for seven. And then they called him out kind of in the middle of practice to hit a fifty-nine yarder with both teams on the field. So the defense, of course, was yelling at him and heckling him, and he drilled, you know, the fifty-nine yarder in front of everybody, um, scouts and whatnot. So that was uh, a pretty big, uh, a pretty big hit for him. And then let's see, I'm trying to think of who else was there. Um,
3: isn't there a lineman?
6: The D lineman, yep, DN. Um, uh, trade in Trajan. Uh Yeah, so he actually, I don't know if there's, there's a shot on Twitter of him doing the one on ones. And the one on ones at these games, it's huge for O line, D line. I mean, it's kind of like a junior high fight. Every scout, you know, comes, circles around when they're doing O line, D line, one on ones. I mean, you got the attention of everybody. Um, and he just absolutely bowled over a dude, uh, one of the offensive tackles. Uh, like that it's out there on uh, on Twitter X, and uh, um, so he, he had, a, had a pretty good week as well. Um, obviously, a little bit of off the field stuff he's got to address from this time at Missouri um, that scouts are concerned about. So that you know, put him through the ringer on those things. But he did look good, uh, good on the field uh, this week for sure.
4: Which of these players from Arkansas can really increase their draft stock by these games and going to the combine?
6: You know, I, I mean, I think you've got a few. I mean, obviously McLaughlin can help. I think McLaughlin will help. Uh, testing-wise, if he can run well. Um, Everybody knows, again, he plays pretty good and and his ball skills are good, Um, so it's a matter of of testing. So I think he can certainly help himself. You know, Bo Limmer's going to the Senior Bowl, and Bo had an up-and-down year, um, as Razorback fans know, and some of his snaps were quite erratic. Uh, I think he can absolutely help himself if he can go down, play consistent. Um, You know, the Senior Bowl, especially in the one-on-one, show that he can anchor and not get not getting knocked down, not losing his ground, you know, back into the quarterback's lap, stuff like that. I think you're talking, um, you know, those guys could, could really improve. Brady Latham played in the Hula Bowl. Um, you know, Brady got a lot of uh, hate this year from Razorback to um, But there's not many people that have 47 starts playing in the SEC. Um, there's not many at all. In fact, when you look across, uh, across the NFL landscape, and those scouts love that, that he's consistent. Um, and, and then scouts have said Coach Pittman is extremely high, you know, on Brady. So I think he's someone that could uh, could help
3: as well. Who are you representing?
6: Uh, so out of those guys, Brady is the only only Razorback I'm representing this year. Um, and then um, a few others across the uh, across the country um, that the most Razorback fans or your listeners probably haven't heard of. But um, so uh, so yeah, Brady's the only one uh, with the Razorback tie.
3: Chris, we appreciate it. Thanks for your time, and uh, enjoy it.
6: Yeah, thanks. Honored to be part of the new show, second day. Sorry, we couldn't <laughs> get on uh, yesterday, but uh, anytime, let me know. Happy to jump on. We'll
3: talk to you soon. I know that for sure. Yeah. See you, Chris. Chris Turnage joining us. <phone rings> NFL agent, wrong one.
4: There you go. I uh, I didn't know he had Brady them. That was a surprise to me. Yeah, it's always interesting talking to Chris and some of the players, not only with Arkansas, but just some of the clients he has in general.
3: And B.J. Thompson, had to keep an eye on that. Maybe he gets activated for the Super Bowl. England-Arkansas zone. B.J. Thompson may be playing in the Super Bowl. You know, I knew about the, you know, the the ties from San Francisco, but I would Honestly, I'd forgotten all about B.J. Thompson and that he was on the team, and I didn't know he was on the fifty-three. Just wasn't making, uh, you know, the game day roster. But that's, that's that's great for a rookie to heck make the team, get paid like that.
4: It's exciting, and even uh, the guy that's on injured reserve, you you want to be playing if you can. Yeah. But if the team happens to win and he gets a ring, he's not going to complain about it. No. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap up
3: hour number one. we still got Coach Z coming up at the top of the next hour talking a little Razorback hoops. We'll take some phone calls, hit the Southern Structural Solutions text line. Stick around. This is Out of Bounds.
2: This is Pat Bradley for Brewskies, the number one sports bar in Little Rock and your Razorback basketball headquarters, now with two locations to chair on the Hogs. This week, the Hogs take on Missouri Wednesday at 8.30 and LSU Saturday at noon. Come watch it on the Tron, plenty of TVs. Brewskies is where you want to be. Missouri, Wednesday, 8.30 p.m., LSU, Saturday at noon. you're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night with two locations, downtown Little Rock and the brand new location in Lakewood Village, North Little Rock. Check us out online at BrewskiesPubandGrub.com. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Do you want more control over your business spending? Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management platform designed to save you time and money. Ramp offers unlimited corporate cards with spend controls you can customize to stop wasteful spending before it happens. Ramp makes expense reports a breeze by automatically collecting receipts and matching them to the right transaction. You'll close your books in hours instead of days. Ramp allows you to see all of your company spend in one place, so you can make quick, informed decisions about your business finances. Plus, Ramp will share insights based on your spending to help you cut costs. Over 15,000 businesses have added up to 5% to their bottom line with Ramp. You can be one of them. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to Ramp.com sports. Ramp.com sports ramp.com slash sports ebay motors is here for the ride go ahead feel your engine admire that perfectly installed exhaust your vehicles moving along this freeway like it was made from fresh installs and a whole lot of love with ebay motors you get over 122 million parts to keep it running and with ebay guaranteed fit they'll be the perfect fit every time plus at these prices well we're burning rubber not cash Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: You
6: know that big bargain detergent jug is 80% water, right? 80% water? I thought I was
3: getting a better deal because it's so big. If you want a better clean, Tide Pods are only 12% water.
4: The rest is pure, concentrated cleaning ingredients. Oh, pass me the intercom thingy.
5: If you want a real deal, try Tide Pods. Don't pay for water, pay for
2: clean. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be Tide Pods.
7: Water content based on the Leading Bargain liquid detergent.
3: Man, another brick. I guess people should really stick to what they know. Like how Chris Crane Hyundai knows customer care and cars. New, pre-owned, service, and a body shop. But don't just take my word for it. Let Layden tell you. Hey Arkansas,
6: it's Layden Blocker. For slam Dog deals, go see the team at Chris Crane Hyundai in Conway.
3: So Layden's got the hoops handled and Chris Crane has your car covered. Come see us today on Museum Road in Conway and chriscranehyundai.com.
5: Hello, folks. It's Frank Fletcher from the Fletcher Dodge Store here in Sherwood. For the past few months, we've been asking you to give us a chance to buy your cars, and the response has been great. We really appreciate all of you who brought your cars in and turned it into cash. Same great deals,
0: all new location for Hog's Meat Market in North Little Rock at 3901 JFK Boulevard. Call them today at 501-758-7700 for all their specials at Hog's Meat Market, the steak people. Every
5: time you come around, you know I can't say Ant, tonight it was the battle amongst the best in the West. You guys take sole position of number one in the West. How did you get it done in this environment?
4: I don't know. I don't know. And I'm going to take the fine because the refs did not give us no calls tonight. We had to play through every bump, every grab. I don't know. I don't know how we won tonight. Uh, Big shout out to my team. Big shout out to my coaches (laughs) for sure. That's hilarious.
3: He didn't care, did he?
4: No, not at all. He said he'd take the fine, but he was happy to get the win. Uh, The Timberwolves beat the Thunder last night in OKC, and it was 107-101. Tough, hard-fought game, went back and forth. But he said they had to not only win the game on the court, but fight through adversity and what the refs were throwing at them. So they're the
3: number one team, number one seed in the West right now?
4: They, they are uh, the two top teams in the West. Uh, we'll have to see exactly what the standings are. But, yeah, they, they're, they're both really young teams also, which is intriguing and a little exciting to people because they're used to seeing or hearing about other teams like the Lakers, the Warriors. Those are the teams that they're hearing about. Yeah, uh, Minnesota, the Timberwolves, they take over that one seed with the win last night because mm-hmm. they have one less loss. Uh, the Timberwolves are 33 and 14, and the Thunder actually are the three seeds. So the Nuggets are 33-15. They're at two, and then the Thunder 32 and 15. I bet you could take a uh, a random poll out on the street
3: and ask people if they can name who the number one seed in the West right now is. <laughs> it would be about one percent would be able to say, and, and it's not. Just saying because they don't follow NBA basketball right now, but this causes it's Minnesota. Well, think who about who would
4: guess that Minnesota the number one unless you're just follow, really following the NBA hard. right Think now. about how close it is also with the Timberwolves. They're the one seed. Nuggets the two. Thunder three, and then the Clippers are four. They're, those four teams are all within two games. Now, when you go to the East, the Celtics are the top seed at thirty six and eleven, but they have a four game lead over the Bucks. So a little more space for top to number two in the East, and then you have the top four teams in the West. They're all back-to-back there. Sorry, why was Daniel Gafford all over Twitter last night? So he got a shot blocked by Victor Wembanyama, but it wasn't just a clean block. Victor, Victor Wembanyama jumped up and caught the ball. So he just caught the ball <laughs> in the air as opposed to swadding it. That's how tall he is. <laughs> you know,
3: coaches uh, always just say, don't block it out of bounds. If you're going to block it, block it to where we can go get it and go
4: the other way with it. That's just taking it to a whole nother level. Didn't even have to worry about that part of it. He just he caught it. catch it. But yeah. then the Wizards, they come away with the win. They get the win over the Spurs. And
3: Gafford had a big shot at the end. Yes. Got a little payback. Good for Daniel Gafford. Saw Anthony Black had a big game last night. Uh, Nick Smith, Jr. Decent night shooting. So, Good for some of the former Razorbacks. Coming up in hour number two, we'll talk more about the Razorbacks. Coach Z will join us. He's on his way to the airport. Arkansas headed to Columbia. Take on the Missouri Tigers tomorrow night. We'll talk Razorback basketball next. Stick around. This is Out of Bounds.
4: 1037 The Buzz is your home for Arkansas Razorback basketball. Coverage is brought to you by Kaufman by Design West, Guatney Chevrolet, Guatney Buick GMC, Arcare, and Parker Cadillac.
0: Fellas, what's good? Clint Sturner here for Low T Center. Look, if you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. Be sure to schedule your health assessment at Low T Center. They offer the convenience of physician monitored self inject at home testosterone treatments within.